0: hey you busy Mm-mm. okay let me run something past you real quick I don't know if you be watching the uh social media platforms thereof or you just look at everyday life or if you know someone personally but have you ever seen someone literally just like melt away in front of you Meaning like you saw their talent, you saw their promise, you saw their come up of some sort and then all of a sudden it started to almost appear like an instant downgrade, downfall if you will. Like we'll see stuff like before, you know, the Wakanda Forever person, Chad Bosquick, before he passed, we started to see you know, him everywhere, and then we started to see him lose weight, and then we started to see him not have that same tenacity with the, you know, the arms crossed Wakanda well, of forever, we didn't see that, but we noticed, like, yo, he's losing weight, and then people started seeing afterward, like, oh, we should have been kinder to the fact that someone was going, going through something behind closed doors that they weren't aware of, And I think that that's the essence of the human experience. I think that we're close enough to see that something is off. Something is not how it was before. We can sense it. We can see it. And some of the grandbabies may even be able to discern it. But what we do with that information, how we carry out what's revealed to us shows kind of what your intent is. Is your intent to pick out something because you want to gossip about something? Is it funny? Like, oh, look at that. And whatever the case may be, like, is it for your celebrity kind of gossip, column reading enjoyment? Like, when you look at basketball players like Delante West, the former, I think he was in the Cavaliers, and he was playing with lebron and everything went great and then all of a sudden he was getting into fights in la he got arrested it was getting real bad for him he was on the streets he was homeless it was like okay this is getting terrible like what happened like we're able to see that whitney houston was the the greatest singer almost of of them all like who's who's touching her national uh star single banner who national anthem queen you understand you understand and then we started to see like oh well yeah it's not looking the same she's not singing the same she's not appearing the same that grace and that cadence and that poise was all kind of like melting away before our eyes and I think with celebrities or just human just beings period that they're We lack the ability to just ask one of the most humbling, caring statements ever. What happened to you? Like everyone is able to see what's happening to you. Everyone's able to see the outcome of something. But unfortunately, we weren't there to trace back and to track back what actually happened. Like you ever looked at a man that was angry or closed off or was emotionally unavailable and you looked at him like... Bro, like, what is wrong? Just let somebody in. Like, I don't understand why it's so hard to just say, I feel this way, or why you can't just, like, connect in this way. I don't understand. But what you are failing to see is that you see the surface. You see the aftermath. You see what is present. But you were not there to trace back what happened to that person. You don't know that they had an emotionally ineffective mother. You don't know that that was a coping mechanism that turned into a adult characteristic later on in their life. You don't know that because those particular cables were never plugged up in their soul in the first place, they have no idea what to do, do with them now. And now they're kind of looking at, well, you know what I kind of live life, to this point without it. So to go through the work, to try to put all these cables of emotion and understanding and emotional intelligence, it would just be way too much. And it will make them feel overload. So what they do is instead of trying to figure all this out, because there's no manual for that, they put the cables to the side and just go to whoever will accept them as is. Because no one takes the time to ask what happened to you. You see the defensive female. She's mean. She comes off like, well, first of all, yeah, she got the Dorito of all the chips on her shoulder. But you don't know that when she was younger, she was bullied. That she had a household where she felt like her voice wasn't heard. That she literally was around aggressive people who took her her poise and her particular soft cadence for granted. That whenever she felt like She was in a room she wasn't seen. No one heard her. No one catered to her. No one paid attention to the external but yet invisible fragile sign that was on her soul. And so now what happened is she's become calloused and where there was once softness, now there's corrosion. And so now instead of there being that softness that God created her to be. Now she is ready to pop off whenever something's going down. What? Who want it? And I'm sick of people and this and the third. And all she's really doing is protecting that soft side of her because when it was exposed, it was mistreated. So now she needs to cover it with this new aggression. And truth be told, she's not comfortable wearing it. She just knows that not wearing it is uncomfortable also. So people can look at her and be like, oh my gosh, I just, I can't. Like, how do you even deal with anybody? I don't know how you got friends. I just, I tell the truth. But nobody really understands or has the emotional intellect or relationship with her enough to say, can I ask you something? What happened to you? No one looks at the boss that truly works themselves to the bone. That literally you can see like, yo, you haven't gone for lunch. You're coming in early. You're leaving late and you're frantic. And Hey, did you get the, and and you're sending a a thousand emails and it's coming like your anxiety is starting to show. Like you don't want to tuck that in some, you forgot to iron that out today because it is like, you're wearing it. Like it's your favorite color and I don't know if this particular position made you like this, if you've always had this, or if this is something that you came in here with, but I almost want to kind of ask, what happened to you? Maybe we don't know that that particular supervisor is running from a scarcity mindset, that they came from absolutely nothing, and that they have been deceived to think, that in order to keep the little bit that they have now, they got to continue to work at this level that is unsustainable. And so it's either literally work or die, meaning work or go back to that place that was uncomfortable. Also work to the bone or get another job. That's not paying as much work to the bone or lose everything that they ever had. Like some of the ways that people are playing the tape forward in their head is to their demise, no one ever says you know what if i walk out of this job i'll have the freedom to do a b and c and i'll be able to just you know what budget with what i have and i'll be resourceful and i'll be this and the third no one plays the tape forward usually when they're scared to make a move to their benefit it's always like the israelites Oh, if we go over there, then the giants, they, they see us as giants and we're going to be destroyed in battle and then our wives and our children will be carried off like plunder. Like you played it so forward that it, it, no wonder you look like that because you are running away as far as you can, as fast as you can from the image that scares you in your mind. And your soul has to pay for that. Your physical being has to pay for that. The people who care about you has to look at that and be a witness to that. So they have to pay for that because no one ever stopped you and said, what happened to you? And so essentially what's happening is whenever you see a outcome, a surface level situation occurring, please understand that there's always something that traces back to why are you like that? to what happened in the first place, something happened to make this person this way. Like I think about Moses and I'm like, I did not read anywhere that he had a stuttering problem when he was in the palace. Like I think, when he went to go, you know, and it's just, just me just being the, you know, pretender kind of, like, innovative grandbaby, I'm thinking that when he saw the Hebrews fighting, and he was like, hey, why y'all fighting like y'all brothers? Y'all shouldn't do that. I'm thinking one of them would have been like, shh, 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 shut up, stupid. Like, because they was mean. Like, don't look at me. They was mean. They was like, oh, what you gonna do? Kill us like you did the one yesterday? Like, if somebody's gonna rub something in your face, you see what I'm saying? Talking about get out my face, wouldn't they have brought up like bruh get out of here twisted tongue, uh tony <laughs> you understand and no disrespect to the grandbabies that are tony because those are good grandbabies as well but you get my drift so why is it that at the burning bush decades decades and decades later he moses decided to bring to god's attention uh he don't speak well really what happened to you is it because of the transaction that occurred at Egypt? Is it because you felt some kind of bondage in that area because you were unable to get your Hebrew brothers to look at you in a way that they would listen to what you said. And so because the last thing that was said to you scared you to the point that you literally ran out of Egypt all the way to another town and to start a whole nother life, maybe that was your place of bondage. So you had to receive everything that came from that and comes from that once you accept that, you know what, it's okay. I'm just going to accept that this is pretty much what I got to deal with. Like why out of all the things, his speech why why out of all the things it would have been because guess what spoiler alert when he actually was talking to Pharaoh I didn't read that he was stuttering either and I would like to think that the Holy Spirit would have put in parentheses somewhere and Moses was getting tongue-tied like crazy but we know what we blessed him anyway (laughs) like I think Holy Spirit would have gave us the backstage like pull the curtain back like (gasps) oh oh he relieved he really did have a problem. He wasn't telling the story, Lord. Like, wow, that's crazy. I'm not laughing at him. It's kind of like, what a him, but like, second secondhand embarrassment. Because I'm reading it like, God, he told you he didn't know how to talk, sir, And you were like, who made the mouth? Wait, you, you embarrassed us. Like, I'm scared. I don't want to. Don't let it thunder right here because I'm on the phone. But you see what I'm saying? I feel like. The reason why God didn't even address that, like, yo, who makes the mouth? It was probably because low key, it was like, but you weren't always that way. You, you wasn't always afraid to love. It's not until you met old boy. And the fact that you never even identified witness or experienced deceit in that way that you were like, oh my gosh. The fact that somebody can do that to somebody who would love them through and through, have their back be there for them. I cannot believe that he would step out on me and he would do A, B, and C to me. So now because that particular spirit, that particular person was totally off of your radar because it was totally opposite of all your other experiences prior to this person. Now every man after this man, you are super cautious. And it's going to take an act of God to not only get you to bring, uh, that Jericho wall down, but somebody brave enough to see through that and ask what happened to you. He must've really hurt you. He must've really, really, really disappointed you. You must've really saw a future with him that even years and relationships after him that he is still infecting you and he's not even intimate with you anymore there she must have done something to you what thought future bubble did she pop that made your whole ideal Around your self-image, your identity, your view on marriage, your view on family, your view on love, your view on church. Like what did she do to make not only that thought bubble burst, but to have it deflate your soul? You must have really given her a place that she shouldn't have had in the first place. And now every woman after you was looking like, I don't understand. This is ridiculous. And you say you, you, you was in a relationship for how long? Okay. One, two, three, all those years. And you don't know the basics of like, (laughs) bro, like I expect that when we in a conversation do this, or I expect if you go somewhere like, yo, like not check in, but like, let's, keep up with each other like I don't understand and you are looking at the aftermath of the deflated man and you are getting upset but you never asked him what happened to you I wish that we had the softness coupled with the discernment to realize you may not have always been this way and you know what I would love to create a safe place in order for you to just crisscross applesauce and unveil to me. Unveil. Because nine times out of ten, it's usually one or two things. One, the person has no idea that they're carrying on like that. And they're like, oh, I've been this way all this time. Nobody else really pointed it out. And if someone did, they kind of pointed back to the person like, well, this half of this is your fault. And so it really didn't hold no weight. Or secondly, they f- f- don't feel brave enough or safe enough to take that particular piece of armor off. They would love to go ahead and trust a man again. But every time that they tried, and then that one time that they tried to convince themselves, like maybe this time is different. Every time that they stepped out, they got burnt. So why try again? Now they're starting to look at external circumstances and life experiences. And and now they're adding excuses like I'm too old now. Mm -mm, I already got all, all the kids I want now. Nope, 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 because I don't know nobody that's in a marriage and they happy. No, 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 because I feel like every woman that I know that's in a marriage looks like what I don't want to look like. Mm Because I actually don't believe that men are filling the blank. And they have literally written their forever recipe of unhappiness when in the bottom of their heart, in the intersect nucleus of their soul, that's not what they want. And I think that's the part that gets to me. It's, it's okay to hold on to something, but why hold on to something that you truly don't want? What you're actually doing, Are you're afraid to let it go. Because if you let this armor go, then you're exposed to oh, maybe being hurt again. Oh, maybe feeling that feeling again. Mm, maybe going ahead and getting taken advantage of again. And what you don't understand is that uh, there's no guarantee that you'll have a repeat of the past. But there is a possibility that you'll experience something different in the future. Oh, my goodness. If we just had the heart to just go ahead and and comfort people in a way that's like, look, I see you, but I would like to see what happened to you. And so when I was thinking about that, I wanted to go ahead and read Mark 9. I want to go ahead and with the same mindset that we were just discussing, I want you to use the perspective I just gave and see how Jesus played this out. So 14, when they returned to the other disciples, they saw a large crowd surrounding them and some teachers of the religious law were arguing with them. 15, when the crowd saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with awe and they ran to greet him. 16, what is all this arguing about? Jesus asked. 17, one of the men in the crowd spoke up and said, Teacher, I bought my son so you can heal him. He is possessed by an evil spirit that won't let him talk. Rebuked that in the name of Jesus. 18, and whenever the spirit seizes him, it throws him violently to the ground. Then he foams at the mouth and grinds his teeth and becomes rigid. Rebuke that in the name of Jesus. So I asked your disciples to cast out the evil spirit, but they couldn't do it. 19. Jesus said to them, you faithless people, how long must I be with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. Pause. Jesus was over it. You hear it? Okay. Don't gossip, but it's juicy. 20. So they brought the boy. But when the evil spirit saw Jesus, it threw the child into a violent convulsion and he fell to the ground, writhing and foaming at the mouth. 21, how long has this been happening? Jesus asked the father. He replied, since he was a little boy. 22, the spirit often throws him into the fire or into water, trying to kill him. We beat the name of Jesus. Have mercy on us and help us if you can. 23, what do you mean if I can? Jesus asked, anything is possible if a person believes. 24, the father instantly cried out, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. Mm, Holy Spirit, take off. Take off, Holy Spirit. Like, go get up. I'm just a vessel, sir. Let me explain something to you. I love the delicacy, the delicacy of Jesus. He went off real quick. Y'all getting on my nerves. Bring the boy over here. He, he, that's what he said. Modern day time. That's what it, that's the, that's the me EV version. <laughs> mm-hmm, that's the MEV version. Mm-hmm, me version. Um, but he very much upset, but it wasn't towards the father. Instead of just rushing and going ahead and healing the boy, okay, y'all, okay, take that, go, all right, take that, go. He realized the importance of peeling back the layers of what was really bothering him. This man literally said, I bought him so that he can be healed. I brought him to your disciples. I brought him to the people who walk this ministry out with you. I brought him to your, your kin. Like th- they should be literally able to do what you do. Cause they've been walking with you and, and that's been the word around town. But when I bought him, it didn't happen. It literally says, but they couldn't do it. So Jesus had to, he had to go ahead and dissect that you faithless people. Cause he needed them to know it's nothing that you did. I, I'm I'm gonna go ahead and address that. You faithless people. How long must I be with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. And then when a the boy came to him, and did the, all the extra, you foaming at the mouth. You threw him on the floor. The, Jesus, not even phased. How long has this been happening? Jesus asked the boy's father, pause. Jesus, this is the time that you feel the need to peel back some layers. You don't want to be like, oh, I'm sure the people in the crowd was like, oh, and kind of like backed up, like, mm-hmm, because he's man. It's nasty. Like, mm-hmm, got all them viruses. Get what's my mask? Like, <laughs> that's what I would have said. Listen, don't let me be in a story. You understand? But Jesus, this is the time that you feel like you want to have story time? Yes. Because it's important to have a posture of, I'm a listening ear, I'm just not a helping hand. I want to know how long that this has been happening. How long have you had to see someone that you love go through this? How long have you had to actually witness this with no help? And then the time, I don't know how long you've been seeking help, but I know that the time that you did seek help, it actually was defeatist because the people couldn't even do it. And so now you come to me and you're like, I mean, if you can, I mean, the, the determination to get your son healed. Like if, if the disciples couldn't do it, most people would have been like, well, that's it boys and picked they son up and kept it moving but he was like through all the arguing he's the one that spoke the loudest he's the one that got Jesus's attention he's the one that was like "Yep." um so I can tell you exactly what happened because that's actually my son let me go ahead and tell you so listen so we made our way downtown to come to you so you can heal the baby like he, he hit a hot 16 you see what I'm saying and Jesus was like okay Okay, Uh, they couldn't do it. Let me address why they couldn't do it. It was a lack of faith. Please understand this was not a lack of anything else but what they had, not what God can do, okay? That's number one. Number two, seeing what the Father has been experiencing for all this time, it literally was like, wow. I think Jesus asked the question of how long has this been happening just to go ahead and relate to the Father on what he had to watch his son go through. How long has this been happening? Not how long he, he has he had this. Not how long um, anything that would have portrayed like, oh, okay, this is the boy's problem. No, he was like, oh, this is difficult to watch this. Yeah, th- th- this is a little bit much. And the father replied, since he was a little boy. And from that question, he was able to open up The spirit often throws him into the fire or into water trying to kill him. Have mercy on us and help us if you can. If you can. What happened to you that that you're losing faith now? Because you've been watching this since he's been a little boy. You brought him to the disciples. The disciples couldn't help. You like everybody in the crowd. They arguing. Everybody's having emotions, but nobody's helping this child. Like this is getting too much. Jesus, can you do it? Can you heal him if you can? What do you mean if I can? Anything is possible if a person believes. The father instantly cried out, I do believe. But help me overcome my unbelief. I do believe. But you don't know how long I've been in this situation. I do believe But you don't even know that literally 0.5 seconds before you came on this side and started seeing that people were arguing. I was on my way back home just to be like, I I tried everything that I know. That That my last defeat was literally from your disciples. I tried the church thing. But it don't seem like people are really preaching Jesus and, and having a heart of God and, and showing me God in a way that doesn't just make me reverence and fear him, but makes me want to get into a more deep and intimate relationship with him where I literally want to walk out my purpose that he has for me. So I, I, I tried the church thing and it don't it didn't really, really go. I, I I tried the love thing. I tried the compassion thing. I tried the relationship thing. I tried the family thing. I tried, And it just seemed like people are not like, I don't understand God. Like this, is, y'all might as well just go ahead. Is the rapture on the way? Because I don't understand. I tried the working hard. I tried to get it right. I tried not to be conniving like the rest of the coworkers. I tried it. Lord, I tried it. but But if you can make this different, like can you? That's the prayer, and that's what the prayers start to sound like of someone that is on their last leg. The woman with the issue of blood. If I can just touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. If. If is an indication that you are at the end of your rope. If these people say one more thing to me at this job, I'm a pop. I'm just going to go ahead and tell somebody now so I can say that I documented it in my soul. Okay, great. If this bill collector call one more time, if these kids do A, B, and C, if this man do A, B, and C, if this woman do CDF, if this car do, if this ball do, and you have literally said I have been through too much in this particular area, and if it does not stop, I don't know how I'm going to continue to respond next. But, Jesus, if you can change this, please do, sir. Okay? And I want you to literally hear God in the area that you are starting to feel iffy about. I want you to literally visualize Jesus coming up to you, seeing the situation in full bloom and asking How long has this been happening? How long have you had to endure this? How long have you been feeling this way? How long have you been perceiving people in this light? How long are you going to continue to struggle with this? And he's not asking because he doesn't know. He's not asking because he's oblivious to all the ins and outs of you. He's asking to build relationship with you and trust with you that you would do what the man did, which is once you hear that question prompted in your soul, it makes you unzip and say, this has been happening for, and just pour where you have felt unsafe to pour for a very long time. That's my challenge to you. My challenge to you is either for yourself or someone else, however the Holy Spirit leads you. Instead of seeing the surface situation and external circumstances, to actually ask the most loving question of all. What happened to you that made you this way? That made you look like this? Maybe not physically, but emotionally financially why why do you handle money like that why do you why do you plant yourself in relationships that don't feed you and you don't thrive in why do you let jobs and supervisors and things of that the things of the world why do you let them why do you let it do it that to you like you let it really weigh on you you crying at work Ah, that shows that we need an extra screen door here. There needs to be a buffer. Nobody's supposed to be able to get you to that degree. This is not home. It's work. That takes care of home. It's one of the resources that God uses so that you can care for your home. But why is this? Mm-mm, this is not an altar. This is work. Yeah, let's swap that. Uh, Let's swap how we do this, okay? It's W-O-R-K. Not an altar. (laughs) A-L-T-A-R. You know, can we just make sure that we're not? And I think that once that question is asked, even if you ask it of yourself, it will unlock and free everything that has been bound up in that area. And you will begin to initiate and activate the healing process. I guarantee I've seen it time and time again. I've seen it in my own life. I've read it in biographies and Bible and all the other things. And it works. It is the most difficult first step, but the most necessary one to get to the other side of your healing. Because if this man didn't go ahead and unveil in this way then his son would have continued to suffer and he would have continued to be a witness and an audience to that. The father instantly cried out, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. Well, Mark 9 uh, tells us what to do. And uh I honestly feel like you got what you needed. Mm-hmm. You know what these conversations are. They are life-provoking conversations, conversations that not the average person's gonna have with you, but who your favorite home girl. created the number two multiply. Created to multiply.com.com for all the things that are all the things the text community the blog community on patreon backslash strive the letter n inspire doing all the things for the kingdom pushing purpose because it's legal and i like it and that's just how that goes uh but you have a website and a patreon to get to so i'm gonna go ahead and let you let me go Mm -hmm. we talk later of course we will Later.